Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Front End Planning Guru Podcast. This is Liam, and today we have Dr. Ed Gibson with 40 years of experience in the construction industry and 30 years of research. He's our guru today. He'll be joining me. Dr. Gibson, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Liam. So um, we heard we're here today for some more stories on big project failures resulting from complete ignorance of front-end planning. Um, and I believe the more stories we talk about here, the more lessons we can extract out of and help widen our scope. What do we have in store today, Dr. Gibson? Well, I think that I'll do a couple of stories today. I, they, they each um, give the story of one of what we consider the lessons of front-end planning, the Ten Commandments of front-end planning, and how uh, they were they ignored these principles, and it led to really a significant difficulties on the project. Uh, what I'll talk about is these are not the only problems that the projects had, but what I would consider probably some of the key issues. First project is a institutional building. It was actually a courthouse that was being constructed in the southeastern part of the United States uh, by a, a government agency. And um, one of the things that they did was go out and actually procure or hire an architect to uh, complete the planning and then move into the design process. And um, what happened was uh, because they were trying to spread the work around uh, in, in this procurement of design services and planning services, part of the contract, uh, they chose for whatever reason an architect that had never done a building of this size or scale. And, um, and what happened, and, and one of the rules that we see during that front-end planning process is that you really need to have capable and experienced people who are experienced in the type of work that you're doing for key disciplines. Certainly for a building, an architect is a key discipline. And if you're the owner organization, in this case, or the owner's representative, you need to make sure that you get someone or some organization or entity that can handle that. The same applies to other kinds of projects you know, for instance, a road project, you need a really good civil engineer or an industrial facility, you need someone who's got chemical engineering background and so on that's very good at what they're doing. So to make a long story short, the project was went to construction uh, with quite the delay during the design process and the planning process because there were lots of decisions that were deferred. Uh, the client, uh, the owner was not very happy with the design. Um, they caught some of those and fixed some of those, and they finally get to the construction phase. And a number of the contractors decided not to bid because um, and it was a lump sum type bidding, fixed price type contract. They didn't bid because they felt like the drawings had so many mistakes. One contractor was the low bidder around 60 million US dollars. Uh, the final price of the facility ended up somewhere around $76 million, so it's significant, almost 25% cost overrun. And it was really due to the fact that they had to make so many changes during the construction process to take care of things that should have been addressed during planning and certainly during the design process. Um, as an example, when you're building a building, or designing a building, you need to specify the floor to ceiling height because you have to deal with utilities. 
usually above a drop down ceiling or perhaps below the floor in a mezzanine and so on. In this particular facility, it had a basement, plus it I think had three or four stories. And the floors, the ceiling heights were specified to the point where it was very difficult to get the utilities in the ceilings, um, especially in the basement. And so one of the changes, which was quite significant, was that the ductwork um, had to be, instead of a typical box, a rectangular ductwork above um, a ceiling at maybe 15 inches deep and you know 30 inches wide, it ended up being four inches deep and about 12 feet wide. So very narrow or very um, tight ductwork situation. It caused all kinds of problems in construction and fabrication. So the lesson learned there is that if you're going to procure services to design um, or plan and design a building, make sure that you get the right organization, the right experience. And I've seen that many, many times. The second project that I'll talk about is illustrates the point is uh, if you are a contractor or designer and you're involved in planning and you're working on a type of facility that you've never done before or it's in an area that you've never done work for before, you need to be extra careful. In this situation, it was a top 20 um, engineering and construction company here in the United States. This is several years ago. They decided that they were going to get or start building cement manufacturing facilities. They've never done one of those before. They teamed up with an, um, uh, an equipment supplier who was going to su supply the milling equipment and the kiln and all that kind of stuff that goes with these type facilities. And what they didn't do was actually check make sure that the, the plan was in a mature state. And so the plan was not in a mature state. They weren't, they didn't have the background to make that decision. Um, that project, I think, was a $220 million facility. And they ended up, uh, because of the way they signed the contract, it was a lump sum contract uh, with a guaranteed maximum price. Uh, the contractor in the equipment supplier ended up eating about $12 million on the back end. So they had to take that out of corporate profits. Um, classic lesson learned, obviously, they didn't really understand what they were getting themselves into. Um, they also didn't realize they'd never done work in this part of the country. And uh, they tried to start the project in December, which was a terrible month to start, and they ended up in the mud and in the ice and snow for three months before they could ever make any progress. And so it was a classic situation of getting yourself into something that you're not really that familiar with and getting, getting burned that way. Uh, the best part of the story is they went ahead and continued to do these projects and they learned lessons and they got very good at it over time. But it was a painful lesson, $12 million lesson for them in that first uh, emphasis. So, you know, a couple of lessons there. Be sure you get right experienced and capable people during that front end planning process. And if you're going to get into technology or location or a project type that you've never done before, uh, beware and spend more time and send your best people and have contingencies built into what you're trying to do. 
Thank you so much for these. I mean, um, it sort of connects back to um, one of your works of the past, the Ten Commandments of Front End Planning. Um, to our viewers or anyone hearing this, please go ahead and take a look at those Ten Commandments of Front End Planning because um, all these lessons that you just talked about, some of them, it all boils, boils down to those Ten Commandments. I'm, I'm, I remember that one of the Ten Commandments was actually to put the correct people in the correct places. So if you need someone with a certain level of experience with certain types of projects, then go ahead and have him or her do the job. You know, do not just put someone out there because it's cheaper per se, or understand what type of project are you working on um, before you go ahead and make any sort of decisions. So, um, and with all these, um, I guess um, there's not a question uh, in the very end of this podcast, do you think that, um, you know, our PDRI tools um, will or could have helped these projects? Because we know that, as we spoke before, it gives you a list of things, depending on the type of project you're working on, it gives you a list and you look at these. And um, I personally think that PDRI will help people. And we've sp we spoke about this in the past that, you know, those tools can be utilized in different situations. But for example, the ones that you spoke about, um, how can someone, um, if they don't want to spend all the time of going ahead and look for all those details in PDRI uh, tools, how can someone at least start um, somehow looking at these little bits that they can be blinded to? Yeah. Well, I think in one of the projects, there were 15 million reasons to use the PDRI. And the other one, there were 12 million reasons to use the PDRI uh, when you really get down to it. So neither project used the PDRI. The contractor that continued doing the cement manufacturing facilities, they started to use the PDRI in the next few future projects. Uh, both of the issues that I talked about earlier would have uh, at least helped understand what was going on if they'd been used. Uh, certainly, the floor to ceiling height is right in the building project PDRI. Uh, the whole idea of maturity of the design and whole issues around project execution and weather and some things like that are all discussed in the PDRI for an industrial project. So PDRI would have helped them as, in, in a tool perspective to at least find out where the gaps were. And probably they would have come out a lot better off than they, they were. So yes, yeah, good point. Great. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you, Dr. Gibson, for giving us your time today. We will have you on our future episodes with more questions and discussions. If you're listening to this podcast, please don't hesitate to contact us with your questions or suggestions. With that, have a good rest of your day.